You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 791 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Tuesday evening into Wednesday morning. And most of today's podcast will be part one of a two-part conversation that I had with good friend of the program, Robbie Callen of Uprock Sports and Dime, about the Western Conference as the bubble arrives. The opening night is on Thursday evening, so we're getting very close there. And a lot of fun, as always, to talk basketball with Robbie. Before we get to that, there was one piece of minor news on Tuesday evening that I want to touch on, and that is that Players Association Executive Director Michelle Roberts told ESPN's Tim Bontemps earlier on Tuesday, um, on the record, this is one of those uh, you know quoted things, that the NBA might need a bubble to pull off next season, the 2020-21 season. This is not huge breaking news to me, especially given what's happening with baseball this week and also the the issues that the NFL is going to be facing in the coming days. But it's very much worth noting that someone in a prominent position on one of the two sides with the players or the league is at least noting on the record again, that's someone, you know, that, that basically there is some uncertainty with next season. Of course, everyone's been saying that, but a bubble or at least a bubble concept could be needed because basically what she's saying, and I would recommend going to, and reading what Tim wrote on ESPN, but essentially she's pointing out what everyone's been pointing out and that nothing has changed in terms of the um, country's situation with coronavirus is actually probably worse than it was uh, back in March and April when the league shut down. And while the bubble looks to be in, on, on track, fingers crossed, um, you know, no one's discussing, at least not prominently, what's going to be happening with next year. And barring some significant change, they're going to have to figure out what's going to happen in a environment that uh, is still ravaged by COVID-19 from coast to coast. So a bubble may not be one bubble, maybe regional bubbles, whatever. There's all kinds of theories and proposals that will probably be offered in the, in the coming days. But I know it might seem like it's a long time from now, but next season is supposed to start sometime in December. That's about four months from now. So they have to start thinking about next season pretty quickly here if they're not already. And uh, this is sort of the first on-the-record conversation that was had by someone in somewhat of a power position about the fact that bubble uh, or a bubble or bubbles might be needed for next season. So keep that in mind. The Hawks, of course, are, are looking at their offseason activities the draft and all that stuff's going to happen either way, but in terms of just games that matter again for the Hawks and other teams, it'll be next season. It could be under circumstances that no one is, uh, no one would say are ideal, but uh, might be the way that this has to go in the near future. Okay. Last thing before we touch uh, on the stuff with Robbie momentarily, I do want to just note that we recorded this podcast earlier in the evening on Tuesday before Eric Gordon of the Rockets rolled an ankle pretty severely. I'm not sure how how much he's going to be hurt, but he was he was helped off the court. Keep that in mind. We did not know that we did not know that little piece of information when we talked about this earlier. And again, this is part one. As you'll hear later, part two will be dropping uh, exactly tomorrow for your Thursday morning commute. As you're listening to this on Wednesday, so hopefully you guys enjoy this. It's about an hour plus of content combined over two days. So uh, without further delay, here is my conversation with Robbie. Robbie, thanks so much for joining me on this Tuesday. Let's talk about the Western Conference. And uh, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty well. Can't complain. Basketball is is back on my television most days now, um, which has been nice to see. These bubble scrimmages have been... Uh, it's a nice replacement for a summer league, especially like the fourth quarter. 
Oh yeah. Very strong, very strong Cox Pavilion vibes. <laughs> That's well said. I've missed summer league desperately. Uh, not so much for the basketball, sometimes for the basketball, but uh, I, and, you know, I'm sure you've watched more scrimmages than I have just because during the day I, I can try to try to yeah. watch some, but it's just uh, the, the evenings have been basketball, which has been nice. Uh, mm-hmm. In addition to baseball, it's like, I have my two TVs and one's on baseball, one's on basketball. And it's like home. It's like, we're doing the right thing again. Um, hopefully baseball will continue to be played, but alas, uh, we'll leave that there for now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you and I are going to talk for you know two parts here on the Western Conference on the eve of the seeding game start on Thursday evening. We're getting very, very close here. We touched on the, uh, on the East a couple weeks ago. Uh, now we'll get to the West. We're going to not do what we did on the Eastern Conference podcast and spend half of it on the uh, worst teams. So we'll start on the worst teams now. And then we'll move off of them. Don't make promises we can't keep. Brad. That's that's true. This would be very on brand for us to go way deep on the Spurs. <laughs> we're going, right we're going. We're going twenty minutes on the Phoenix Suns. Well, listen, the Phoenix Suns are more interested in the San Antonio Spurs. Oh my I will god! Say that. By a lot. I'm actually, I'm actually, I actually do like want to watch the Suns. Like they're 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 kind of fun. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they're fun. Yeah, that's that's actually probably all, all we need to say. To be honest with you, uh, the Suns are very entertaining. I would rather watch the Suns than several other teams that are in the bubble oh, yeah. uh, in the East and West, but the Suns are mm-hmm. also currently six games behind the Grizzlies and two and a half games behind the Blazers, Pelicans, and Kings. So realistically, the Suns have to go 8-0 probably to have a chance, and even then they, they still might not get in because they have to jump yeah. four teams. Yeah, uh, they 8-0, 7-1, but... Uh, you know, everybody knows Booker. Aiton's been great this year. Like, he took a genuine step uh, defensively in particular. Um, he looks like an actual NBA player and, like, an average to above average guy at times, which is a monster step from where he was. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they, they're just they just a fun team. Macau Bridges is has looked spectacular in scrimmages, and he's, like, just always good. So, hopefully – you know, because basketball is back, people will, like watch some teams like the Suns. Uh, I think that's kind of the hope for the league and for some of these teams, and uh, like people just be starved for basketball, so they're going to watch a Suns game, even though it might not mean a whole lot in the grand scheme. And like, I think that'll be good for for some of these teams because, you know, when you think of the Suns, you don't not a lot of positive thoughts flash in your mind over the last decade, um, and the results haven't totally been there, but they look. They look like a team that's genuinely on the rise, um, and that's that's nice. But yeah, that's about all we need to say about the Suns. Yeah, just for reference, the the Suns are currently sixty six to one to be the eight seed in the West. So Don't bet that. That's that not tells, enough. That tells you all you need to know about that. Even though, honestly, if if the Suns were starting dead even with a couple other teams, they might have a pretty decent chance, but they're not starting dead even. Mm-hmm. So correct. that is where we are. Uh, all right. That was enough on the Suns. I agree with you. They are fun and we will uh, consume them because we enjoy basketball. Uh, the other team that we can probably even do even less on is the San Antonio <laughs> Spurs. They are two games ahead of the Suns mm-hmm. in the standings yet. I don't think there's probably a person outside of San Antonio that would rather watch the Suns, the Spurs and the Suns right now. Oh, the no. Spurs, God, no. The Spurs don't have LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, they were already kind of boring even before that, but Aldridge, for all of his flaws, is still their best player. Um, he's not there, and they were already kind of bad to begin with. Uh, there are some guys that I like on the Spurs, but Kelvin the overall, Johnson Hive. yeah, I like Kelvin Johnson. I'm a fan. I, I always liked uh, Derek White. I think Lonnie Walker is kind of fun. Um, there are players that I enjoy, but uh, of all the teams, 
other than the Wizards and the Nets, I think the Spurs would be next on my uh, bad team to watch power rankings in the bubble. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think it's the Nets are obviously kind of the clear Nets just and steer. Wizards. Oh yeah, with Nets Wizards. Yeah, Spurs Spurs right there. Um, but like you said, I mean, there there are some guys. But here's here's my thing is like, if the Spurs aren't playing the young guys, like what are you doing? Yes. Like if Marco Bellinelli's playing twenty five minutes a game, like just please leave me alone. I would I would I hope I would hope that Pop uh, does not have the overwhelming desire to try to win and play all the vets because like you're right it should be Lonnie Walker it should be Kelton Johnson it should be Luka Samanich. Uh play all play all the guys that might be pretty good for you in the next year or two don't don't play the old guys that doesn't make any sense at all. No. Um, no. Okay, that's enough Spurs. They're twenty. They're Sweet. twenty to one. They're twenty to one to win the uh, to win the eight seed. Don't bet and it again. Not high enough in my opinion. Nope. Okay, from there we will get into teams that are uh, much more exciting, and uh, one of them is the Sacramento Kings, who I think, in my opinion, are the team that gets overlooked because they are actually tied right now with the Blazers and the Pelicans. Yet mm-hmm. people, I think, lump the Kings in with the Spurs and the Suns. Uh, that's not really the case. The Kings. Mm-hmm are pretty decent. Um, they were mm-hmm. banged up quite a bit by COVID-19 and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of delayed arrivals and such. And De'Aaron Foss got hurt um, while they were down there in a practice, but the Kings actually have a better team than Bagley the Spurs well. and the Suns. Yeah. Bagley's Bagley's done. Uh, I wish Bagley was healthy uh, just to see what he would look like, but I don't yeah. know. I, I, I want, I want to show some respect to the Kings cause they're actually uh, kind of feisty. Yeah. Um, like you said, I mean, the, this is a solid team. I mean, this has, um, like Fox, if he can get back, and, and that's the question with his with his angles, how quickly can he get back and get back being the guy that we know match, which is one of the most explosive guards in the NBA. Um, when they play up and down, that was kind of that was an issue early in the season that I, I think wasn't hard to foresee, given how Lou Walton coached the Lakers and that young team, and kind of had some there was some some push and pull there as far as the tempo they were going to play in LA. And when he got to Sacramento, this is a team that thrives when they're a high pace, uh, high possession up and down team. And he kind of wanted to rein them in a little bit and have them play a little more his style. And, and once they, once they kind of found uh, a marriage of that, that uh, work that they, they were, they were really good uh, particularly after, a, you know, December, uh, they they were a really strong team and um, Bielitsa is a, like one of the best stretch fours, stretch fives, depending on when that where they have them playing like in the league as far as shooting. Uh, they can light it up with with Heald, um, uh, Bogdan. Like they they can shoot the ball. Harrison Barnes, a good spot up shooter. I mean they 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 play a fun style and they're they're the type of team that not quite in the way Miami can because they're, they're not as good defensively as Miami, but they're the type of team that can kind of spook you if they get hot from three, because they just can throw shooters at you one through five uh, at times. Hawks favorite Kent Bazemore out there. Yes, sir. He played, he played uh, well with the Kings and so did Alex Lynn. A couple of, a couple of former Hawks played quite well in Sacramento when they were there. Yeah. Um, so I, I would, I wouldn't expect them to crack uh, the the top, but but I think I look at them and the Pelicans as very similar in terms of chances. I think people have the Pelicans way higher than, than necessarily I do, um, 
Like Portland, I think is would be my personal favorite to make um, a run at the to make the play in series. Like I know everybody wants to see the Jaws Ion thing. I've got some concerns about New Orleans after the restart and getting everybody back in. Zion having missed eight days, coming back, he's going to practice uh, tonight and Wednesday uh, and determine his status for Thursday. But that's going to be interesting to see how they have to bring him along because they're obviously way better with him on the court. And we'll get to the Pelicans in a minute. But um, I, I, I look at the Kings, and if they could be healthy, and again, Harrison Barnes just got back into the bubble and um, – you know they're they're kind of scrambling to put pieces together, but when they're on, like they're they're legitimately a, a team that can contend for that eight spot. Yeah, I mean the Kings are considered to be the long shot of those teams. They're currently on Bet Online. They're plus nine hundred to be the eight seed. Um, you know, I think for a reason they're not seen as on the same level as the Pelicans and the Blazers. I would agree that they are closer to those teams than the market might tell you or that people might. Um, be in talking, I'm probably a little bit higher on the Pelicans than you are, because they were pretty good once they uh, got going this year. But the Kings, the Kings are kind of the same way. The Kings finished the season 13 and seven in their final 20 games, and once they got Baysmore and Lynn and some more mm-hmm. veteran help, they were actually pretty solid. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of a buyer on the Kings. That if the, honestly, if you want to have a little bit of fun and sweat some of these uh, seeding games, I wouldn't hate uh, a, a splash on the Kings, a plus 900 to be the eight seed in the West. That wouldn't be the worst idea in the world, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You probably won't win, uh, but alas, it's fun. Probably agree, but, you know. That's, it's, that's it's, plus, it's plus 900. You're, lottery, not, you're, you're, not, you're not supposed to win uh, very Correct. often when that's when that's the kind of uh, that we're, the, the bet that we're undertaking. Okay, we will come back in a second and talk about the other three teams, the Grizzlies, the Blazers, and the Pelicans. But before we get to those teams, Robbie, a word from the good folks at mybookie.ag. Say it with me now, sports are back. We've all been waiting for this day since March. Now that sports are back, I've only got one thing on my mind, and it's mybookie.ag. Mybookie is a home run, a slam dunk, and a triple overtime game-winning shot all wrapped into one. Mybookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams, and with the start of the NBA and baseball already underway, there's never been a better time to start playing. With Mybookie, it's really easy. You bet, you win, and they pay. If you're feeling good about your favorite team's chances this year, be sure to check out MyBookie's World Series Future Bets. Nothing shows that you believe in your squad like betting on them even before the season starts. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future, and in, this, in that case, that means basketball, hockey, and football. MyBookie is already taking bets on all of your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. And if you join today, MyBookie will match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss you a free bet of $10 on an MLB future. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA. When signing up, take advantage of this very generous offer from MyBookie. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are very, very simple. You bet, you win, and they pay. All right, we're back. And uh, a three-team race in the eyes of many for the Mm eight seed. Uh, The Grizzlies have the advantage in that they have a a three-and-a-half game lead on everybody, so uh, it would be pretty stunning if the Grizzlies were not at least in in the play-in tournament somewhere. Um, Yeah, I don't see a world where that doesn't happen. They'd have to – they'd probably have to go 1-7, and and 0-8, like and have a complete fallout to fall out. And even then, they still might be able to hang on. Uh, I mean, you just have to be within four games. That's what I mean. Like, three-and-a-half – they they would literally have to lose every game and one of the teams behind them would have to win every game. That's the only – Right? I That's believe I, I believe I might be wrong on this. Isn't it only a two-team tournament, regardless? So if they if they um, went out and went two teams, 
Yeah, if they yeah. went zero and eight, for instance, and like the Blazers and Pelicans both went like five and three, six and two, maybe they would just fall to ten and be out of it. But that yeah, seems very unlikely. Um, there's a reason the Grizzlies are favored right now on a couple of mm. the offshore sites, including my bookie, to be uh, the eight seed still. Um, and that's because they have a pretty built-in advantage. Um, so yeah, I w- by the way, I would not, I would not lay money on the Grizzlies. That's a spoiler alert. I would not do that because um, the no, eight seed they, means they have to be a the, play-in tournament. That's what I mean. Uh, they, you have to yeah. a yes, they're huge favorites to be in the play-in tournament. And they'll probably be the uh, higher-seeded team in the play-in tournament, but you still have to win the play-in tournament, too. And that means, you know, all those things we can get into. But, yeah. uh, honestly, if this is this is my first take uh, initiative here. Uh, if all if all these teams were on the same playing field in terms of the standings, I think the Grizzlies are pretty clearly worse than the Blazers and the Pelicans. Um, mm-hmm. That may not be controversial, but I just feel like it's worth saying out loud. And that's not a shot at the Grizzlies, who I've really enjoyed watching. And they do get Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson back, but their wings are kind of a mess. Um, they don't have a lot of shooting. I, I just like the Blazers and the Pelicans roster better than, than the Grizzlies. D- disrespectful to Dylan Brooks? Dylan Brooks is fine. I, I kind of like Dylan Brooks, actually. Um, disrespectful to Kyle Anderson? Yeah, that's probably on purpose. Uh, you know, Kyle, An- Kyle Anderson. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would be. He's, he's been I, shooting I appreciate the lights on scrimmages. Sure, sure he is. Sure. Uh, uh, no, I, look, here's the thing about the Grizzlies is I'm interested to see how this plays out because I think one of the advantages that they have in the regular season over some team, they, they pick up some wins that, you know, maybe they quote unquote shouldn't uh, because like they, they just play hard every night and they're just going to bring it. And, you know, in an 82 game season, there's nights where teams come out flat. I say this about, this is, this is my point with the uh, Isaiah Thomas Celtics that year. Like they weren't as talented as some teams, but like they got a lot of regular season wins because they're just going to outplay somebody. Um, They're also well coached. Also well coached. Uh, Shout out to Taylor Jenkins. Yep. Um, And I'm interested to see how that plays out in the bubble because some, I I don't know what the motivation is going to be for some of these top teams, you know? Um, It's if someone ends up locked into their seed, like where, where, how are they going to play this? Um, And so it's going to be interesting. You know, the Grizzlies have theoretically a very tough schedule. Uh, Their first couple games are against the the three teams that I think they play uh, the Pelicans, the Blazers and the Kings right out the gate. I think that's their first three games, which is obviously going to be huge for this race in in the West. If they somehow win those three games, then they they might be able to run away from a playing game if they can do that. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I mean, that, that they're, and they're the only team, obviously, that has a chance to not be in the play-in. If they right. just play really well, then they can just end it in the eight games. Yeah, so I, I am interested to see how that goes. But but they also play some very tough games, theoretically, towards the end. But those teams might be locked into seeding and might not care a whole lot. So the Grizzlies, the, the schedule's tough, but it kind of sets up for where they might be able to make a run against some of these teams that are uh, better playoff teams, but in game six, seven, eight of the restart might not care because they're just trying to get to the playoffs. That is one of the hardest things to try to handicap about all of this is the incentive structure. Um, 
on the top and on the bottom. You know, Milwaukee doesn't really have any reason to keep trying. Um, if other than just staying fresh and staying in shape and staying mm-hmm. game ready, they don't have anything to play for. Like pretty right. much the whole way, but especially if they play well early and win a game or two, then they can basically don't have to care at all. Um, yeah. To 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 a lesser extent, there are other teams that are like that as well, where seating may not matter a whole lot, especially when you get into a four five matchup where home court doesn't matter anymore. There's all kinds of flex things where game seven and eight in the uh, seating games may not be particularly awesome to watch um, for anyone. Um, that, that's unfortunate for people people like us that have to watch them. But yeah, the incentives are really in play here, and that's why. You kind of have to dive deep to really handicap this, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Memphis could put it away. I, I, I don't. I don't think they're, they were probably going to do that. Uh, yeah. They still have um, a roster that is uh, not perfect, and you know, Justice Winslow not being there, etc. I think Jonas Valanciunas can be game planned for in this kind of setting in a way that he isn't in the regular season, and he's a good player. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I trust. Uh, I trust Portland and New Orleans more. Let's talk about Portland for a second because they have the best player. With Dame Lillard mm-hmm. of all these teams, they also have uh, Nurkic is back, Zach Collins is back. Mm-hmm. They have one glaring flaw, and that they, is that <laughs> they don't have a small forward. Um, yeah. And I, with, with all respect to Melo, who looks to be in great shape and looks to be kind of springy for his old self, Melo can't guard uh, high level wings at this point in his career. Let's just say that. So that I know, I know, I know they have Gary Trent um, to kind of do that. He's a little bit small. Anyway, I don't want to go too deep on them, but Portland is the team that I think I probably like the most because of Dame. Yeah. But uh, there is a lot of uncertainty just because we don't we don't know what, what it's going to fully look like. I know the scrimmages are happening, but we've not seen the Blazers as they were as they're currently constructed for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, what are they like plus four fifty to get the eight seed? Yeah, f- somewhere in that range. But depending on where you look, somewhere between plus four hundred and plus four fifty. Yeah, I like I think of these three teams, they're they're the team I would put a bet on. They are the best because, value for sure. Because yes. if they, I mean, you, of all the teams who like, and all the players in this little group, like, who are you taking in a two game series? It's Dame. Oh, it's Dame for sure. It's and Dame. this is a very small thing, but I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe because they have played two more games, they have the slightest of winning percentage edges. So if they, if all three mm. of these teams went four and four or whatever, had the same record, which isn't likely to happen. They get the tiebreaker, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So, and if you put Damon, I know they have to win both games. If you're in the play-in, the nine seed has yeah. to win twice in a row. But do you want to bet against Dame in a two-game series? I, I, I really don't. Right. Um, and, and so, I'm bullish on what I've seen from Nurkic. Like, I, I know it's scrimmages. I know it's that. But, like, the, he looks good. He looks like he's moving well. And I think something that's, like, sneaky about Nurk in that offense is what he brings from a playmaking perspective that they can run through the high post. Like he can be at the elbow and they run stuff through him. And he's a good facilitator. Um, and that's not something that you have in Hassan Whiteside um, when he's your primary big man. And their front court rotation is just better than the other teams. And that, and like, that like you said, the wing is a glaring issue. You've got to fi- they've got to figure that out. Mellow, Gary Trent Jr., whatever you know they're throwing not, out not, there. Not, 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 not having Trevor Ariza uh, really matters. A big blow, yeah. big blow. Because Ariza was really good for them when they got him. Uh, he he was back to Ariza is one of those guys that like on a bad team is like not somebody you want. Correct. Uh, he, <laughs> he plays 
he plays to the level of his surroundings. Uh, and so on a good team, he elevates things because in that role, he's really good. And on a bad team, like he just, it doesn't work. Um, and so that, that is a big loss, but um, getting Nurk back on bullish on Zach Collins, like it just, you know, it gives him another guy that can, that can score and rebound. And um, I know Blazers fans love Zach Collins, but, you know, right right now, as far as like what he impacts in the playoffs, like it's it's mostly for me. It's like they have more depth there. They yeah. have more opportunities to to do some different things with rotations, um, and I, I I I just I just look at them and I'm like, you know, they're hell. Maybe CJ, hey, maybe beefy CJ McCollum so, suddenly starts playing some three. Um, looking look, looking thick, CJ in Orlando. CJ CJ is robust. I want to be very clear. This is not, he's not fat. He is just, just thick thick and just real solid right now. He's a tank. I think CJ weighs as much as mellow at the moment. It it's honestly probably close. And And there's like six inches, four inch difference. (laughs) More, more than that. Give me the over on that. I think CJ is like six, two. Uh, That might, that might be, that might might be too mean (laughs) CJ, but I think he is not, uh, not, 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 I don't know. I, 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 I'm six two and a half, and like I'm, I've stood next to CJ, and we're about the same. Like he's, okay. I, I think six, six three. three's not That's out fine. of the realm of realistic possibility. I'll take that. But he I is stood next uh, to him at all. Like I think it's right. He is looking thick, and uh, listen, sure. you could make the argument. Um, I wouldn't, but you could make the argument that Portland has the two best players if you think CJ is as good as like Brandon Ingram or Zion. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you could make that argument. I wouldn't. I'm, not, I'm I mean, I like CJ. I don't, I'm not quite as high as some. On him, right. but when you when you factor in Dame is like very clearly the best player of all, all on all oh, these no teams, doubt. and then you get into Dame. like CJ's a top five guy total on all these teams. Yeah. So I don't know. Throw a Nurk. They that roster is really uh, I like it. Um, it's just that one weakness that I I can't get over. But I, I mean, like on... it's, it's a thing. But also, it's kind of like what we talked about, like against these other teams. It, like having a weak wing doesn't really mean a whole lot if you're playing the Grizzlies. Well, I was gonna say it's gonna it's because gonna it's matter more. Wash. It's it gonna matter more if they make if they make it. If they make it to the uh, to the one eight and and Melo has to, and Melo has to guard LeBron. That's oh, no, what I mean. That's like, what I, first off, I want to see that yes. because and also please mic LeBron up because he would be talking the cash stuff to Melo. <laughs> they have known each other for a long time. Uh, uh, as he just cooks him for like 28 in the first half of game one. Yeah, it, and would, I be, would, it would be an adventure. Would uh, adore it. Uh, someone someone with a straight face, I can't remember who it was, so my apologies. Uh, someone I know personally, I can't remember who it was on the podcast, uh, made the point that by the second half of game one, you might see Zach Collins guarding LeBron. Oh, no. Which is all you need to know about that matchup. Nah, because, yeah. It's, yeah uh, we'll leave it there for now, but, uh, but we'll, alas. That's not a concern. We're not worried about the playoff. It's not. Blazers. Right. I, I want to, you know, like from a, I'm with you. I think there are hurdles to clear in all of this. And like, they got to get to the playing game and they got to win two of those. But like at plus the, four, 25, they're the, they're plus the, four, they're 15, the best value. Yep. Give, give me that. They are the Pelicans best are what, value. Plus 375. No, the Pelicans, uh, and what I'm looking at right now, the Pelicans are like plus 200. Oh God, no. Yeah, and let's we'll talk about no, them real quick, real quickly we, now. Okay. Uh, Zion is back in the bubble. Uh, we he assume he's going. We assume he's going to play on Thursday. I would imagine he'll be limited 
Um, right. The NBA would like him to play. Again, big game. Grizzlies. Uh, <laughs> oh, Zion. Uh, Zion's back. Uh, he absolutely helps them. He's a he's a freak of nature. I think Tremendous. the Pelicans roster is the deepest and probably yeah. the best. Um, but they don't have they don't have Dame. Uh, Brandon Ingram is very good. Drew yes. Holiday is very good. Zion yes. is very good. Uh, yes. They have all kinds of guys who are good. And there's a reason why the Pelicans, I believe they start six and 22. And yeah. then after that, I'm doing the math in my head. They were 22 and 14. So I'm good inclined to believe team. in them being a 22 and 14 kind of team with Zion. Mm-hmm. But they're in a disadvantage and that Zion hasn't been there. They are, they do have some vets, but they're, they've not played together a ton. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I, they're, they're, they're too trendy for me is my, is what I kind of what I'm getting at here in terms of a yeah. uh, contrarian that I am. Everyone's mm-hmm. betting on the Pelicans and I get why they have a pretty easy mm-hmm. schedule in the bubble, but uh, I don't know. It seems too obvious. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like this team. I think they're going to be, I think what, what, David Griffin did in the kind of melding like vets and young guys. I think he's done that kind of as well as we've seen a, a team at that level do. Um, because you do, I mean, you've got Drew, you've got Derek Favors, you've got JJ Rake, you've got vets who are starter caliber, but also happy to play a role. And like that's super important when you have young guys that are kind of pushing towards that superstar ish level, like Zion, like. Brandon Ingram to a lesser extent, um, but guys who are ready to be kind of like that number one, number one guy, um, and finding those vets that can take on a big role when they're needed, but are happy to also just kind of be a facilitator or, or be part of the team. Um, he did a great job with that. I just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what it is, but like when I look at them and I look at the Blazers, I just, I just lean Portland and maybe it's just like, I've, I've seen them do it. Like, this is what Portland does. They make a run, they get to the playoffs. Like we've seen it. They, they sometimes start slow. Um, sometimes they're just really good all year, but they always kind of make that kick late and get themselves to the postseason. And I, I just buy in on that knowing commodity a little more then I do a Pelicans team that, like you said, has been really good since a horrific start um, and is deep. But, yeah, they just they just don't have the, the top-level guys that quite match with Portland. I, I don't know. Like, it's hard for me. Like, it, it's, it's a lot of it's just like a gut feeling for me that Portland is the team that will come out ahead of them. Well, and here's the thing. It's not likely to be – I know we talk, we're talking about like, you know, one team versus another, but it's not likely to be Portland against New Orleans in that play in. It's likely to be Memphis no. against one of them. Right. Um, and I, I, I will say I would pick, uh, if it was not a two game series, I would pick either Portland or New Orleans against Memphis. But because if, if, if Memphis is as we expect and as, as the numbers would tell you, going to have the advantage in that two game series. I I would not pick New Orleans to beat Memphis twice in a row. I don't think just because that's not smart math in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Portland maybe uh, maybe you just had that much faith in Dame. It might be a little bit closer, but I don't know. Uh, Memphis should have the best odds just because they have of the advantage of the two game series. But I do like both Portland and New Orleans more than Memphis. That's kind of where we where we come down. I think, and I would yeah. lean 
uh, I don't know. New Orleans and Portland's closer for me, but my uh, my contrarian brain will not allow me to just go all in on New Orleans, even though I feel like right. I probably should. No, I, I'm I, 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 like I'm with you. Like it's I don't see there being this like cavernous gap between Portland and New Orleans. I just I, for no, whatever no. reason, for whatever reason, I just look at Portland and un, even understanding depth issues. I'm like. It, I don't. I don't know if that matters because the thing is, they can kind of play this like a playoff series. Basically, it's eight games. Oh yeah, you, I mean, they're going to so run weird. their guys. It's going to be so weird. All of it. Super weird. And, and honestly, Dame made it. He was the only guy who made it exceptionally clear he wasn't coming unless they had a chance. So you you would assume that that means he's going to really try and mm-hmm. give it a run because that's why he wanted to be there and that's why the Blazers voted against voted against the format. They were the only team. Um, I think they're on they're on a business trip. I'm not sure how much that matters, but it might mm-hmm. eventually. Okay, before we go to part two, Robbie, I want to touch on at least one, maybe two more teams. Uh, one of them is Dallas, who uh, is in their own kind of mini tier as the, as the seven seed. They're going to be the seven seed unless something crazy happens because they're a game and a half behind Oklahoma City and Houston, and they're seven games ahead of Memphis. Um, Dallas is kind of we we know what Dallas is, we, we know what Dallas is. They're a incredible offense, literally the number one offense in the history of the NBA by by the numbers this year. They're that they're that ridiculous. Luca had a great year. Chris Tass was really good, especially the second half of the season. Um, they're well coached, but I guess the only question I have really about Dallas is you know what can like what's a win for Dallas? Like they're not going to probably win a series because they're going to have to play the Clippers in the first round, most likely. And that's just not a great situation. And I kind of feel, I kind of feel for Dallas because I like them more than some of the other teams, but the position they're in, I don't really know how to even approach them other than to say they probably go one and done. Yeah. They could catch may I mean, maybe they can catch the thunder. Maybe that's the hope. Oh, they certainly, I mean, they're only a game and a half. I, I think Houston, which we'll talk about in part two is a team that a lot of people like more. So yeah, if you're looking for a team for Dallas to chase down, it's Oklahoma city. And if they can do that and maybe play Denver in the first round, that becomes right, really fun. Saying. I think, I think that's, I think that's the win scenario for Dallas. Um, is you, you, you advance your position to the six seed, um, which isn't out of the realm of possibility. I think that's so like when you're talking about like, who's got the motivation, in this restart. Like I think they, as much as really any team, because I, I think there's such a difference in playing Denver to playing the Clippers um, that like, and like Denver's not that far back at LA. So like maybe they get the two seed if, if LA is really not playing anybody and that's going to be interesting, but like, I'm going to be very interested to see how, these like teams, OKC, Houston, and Dallas handle kind of the battle for seeding, and if they kind of are keeping an eye on that race for the two spot, because like I think it's pretty clear who you would rather face there. You, as good as Denver is, uh, given yes. their playoff track record, no like, one wa- no, no one wants to play the Clippers over, over the no. Nuggets. With all with all due respect to my friends in Denver, uh, Adam Morris, Matt Moore, etc., no one wants to play the Clippers instead of the Nuggets. No one. No. So, and so I think that I think that's that's going to be interesting is like you know how how this shakes out like if like if the clippers come out and they're you know able to get everybody on the court and they're just flying Dallas is going to be 
on it trying to get that six seed from either OKC or Houston. One well, because, and you worry about Dallas because Dallas is. I know they were incredible on offense. They were 17th in defense this year, yeah. and I just don't know how they're supposed to stop really anybody in the playoffs. Now, could they outscore the I Nuggets? Would, sure. I would love a Mavs Nuggets series. For oh, me too. That would be a lot for of that exact reason. D- defense optional. Yeah. Oh my God! Sign me up. Total yeah, I mean, two thirties. Let's go. <laughs> That would be fun. The yeah, I'm not, I'm, I think I'm not rooting for that. Because I, yes. I also, and by the way, I would also rather watch the Thunder play the Clippers because Chris Paul would just do Chris Paul stuff and they would uh, mess with the Clippers a little bit. I think the Clippers would certainly win. Oh, it would be, oh, it'd be, and also, like, can you imagine, like, it? I don't see it happening, but can you imagine if after trading Paul George to the Clippers, if the Thunder beat the Clippers? For literally all of the picks in all of the world. Uh, and And yeah. they just... Yeah. Oh, that's fun. what we need. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm the, here for, the official I'm position here for, of this podcast is also, that we're rooting for this. And also, then you get four or five Utah-Houston. You get another Jazz-Russell Westbrook series. Well, no no one wants that series, but it's going to happen, I think. So Come uh, on. Every, come on. They hate each other. I love yeah, that. Yeah, they do. I, just, I love tired, that. Donovan Mitchell and Russ, they don't like each other. <laughs> it's not quite Dame and Russ, but like they don't, you know. No, nah, there's, uh, all there's some heat there. All of this is good. All the also, smoke. like, and like, here's the thing: whoever the Lakers play, like, I think it could be fun. Because if it's the Pelicans, it's the baby Lakers versus, you know, their old team. And Zion and LeBron. And Zion and LeBron. LeBron. If it's the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies aren't afraid of anybody. And Ja might try to like dunk on LeBron, uh, and like they'll go out in like a glorious five-game flurry of trying. Uh, nice little tidy gentleman sweep. Shouts to Matt. Uh, and then the Blazers, Damon LeBron. That's always fun. Um, Sign me up. West, the West, the West playoffs, top to bottom, I think are going to be spectacular to watch. Even the one eight series that probably only goes five games. I would thoroughly agree with you. And that is Wait. a good note. We're going to wrap part one. Uh, subscribe mm-hmm. to the podcast. Follow Robbie. Follow Robbie's work on Dime. Uh, follow my stuff if you would like to and uh, come back tomorrow for more of me and Robbie so stay tuned for that